Allie. Hey, Julie. Welcome, everyone, to the Rise for Educators podcast, where we share research-based tools that relate to empowerment, self-care, and all things Each week, we will discuss the Rise system, a model we created to make it easy to identify our tools are best for you. We will also talk about the ladder, a tool that connects the dots between your mind and your body. I'm Julie. And I'm Holly. We are instructional coaches and sister-in-laws who decided to take our conversations about these ideas out of the corner of our family gatherings and put them into a podcast. Welcome to episode 14. Our topics today are empowering versus enabling, productive struggle, and empowerment tools. So... Welcome and uh, my check-in. Hi, Holly. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Julie? <laughs> good. Um, probably the, I was kind of, I know I was telling you a little about this earlier, but my, kind of my biggest, uh, well, kind of yin, yin and yang. Uh, my dad is, at, as we speak, in surgery and everyone's been just growing. Gosh, so many messages and prayers for him. So, so far he's doing, I guess, pretty, pretty good in, um, in the operating room. So feeling kind of good about that um, and very hopeful. Um, and then on a totally um, less serious topic is I have started, I'm calling it the cold shower uh, challenge. I don't know if it's actually called that, but it's, um, <laughs> it sounds awful. <laughs> I know I had a friend of mine forwarded me uh, an episode of the podcast, which I've listened to before. It's called do the thing with Melissa urban. And I think she's, I don't know if she, did she create whole 30? I'm not sure. Or she just went through whole 30 and started a podcast. I think she created whole 30. She's very cool. Um, and she has an episode. It's like cold showers with Ed Sheeran. And what it is, is she's had a bunch of health issues and she, there's a bunch of, there's research on how, you know, really freezing cold water, um, can be therapeutic. And I know Holly, you and I have on the Goop channel, they have this guy that, I mean, they do, um, what was his name? Uh, Wim his, Heffer. I can't, I can't remember, but yeah. he does all this cool. Yeah. The cold water. Yeah. And I know this is like kind of a thing and like, sometimes I'll think, okay, maybe you should like, you know, take a colder shower rather than a warm shower. But what Melissa Urban talks about is you actually put your water in your shower all the way to cold and you start with, um, and I have not been putting my head, you don't put your head in it. You can, I guess, but I haven't been doing that. But you start with like 30 seconds and then you build up to, I think research shows like three minutes is really where the health benefits are. And she's been feeling great and she had a concussion and all these other health issues. So I started doing it. And um, what's what the reason that I was intrigued by it is because we on this podcast talk a lot about our nervous systems and how we're all a bunch of nervous systems walking around and we need to regulate ourselves and learn how to um, help other people and recognize where people are on the ladder of their emotional, uh, of their nervous system. And she refers to that, that, you know, you go into that fight or flight mode and that this can help with that. So I think I've done four days, maybe five. And I, the first time I did it, it was, even though I know on the podcast, she had said, this is going to be shocking and terrible. It was shocking and terrible. Oh. I actually can't even believe I did it because I love warm showers. I don't like being cold. I mean, it is shocking. You turn it all, you turn your shower all as cold as it will go. 
And what happens is same as if you jumped into an ice cold lake, like you can't catch your breath and it's just shocking that you can't get your breath. And it's like, (gasps) it's just awful. It really is awful, but I endured it and I've done it for, and each day I do it, it gets a little bit easier. Melissa Urban has worked up to, I think seven or eight minutes of doing this. What happened yesterday when I did it, which was really interesting is that I was able, what you need to try and do is like breathe through it, like belly breathe. She, she says the episode's called um, showering or cold showers with Ed Sheeran because she listens to Ed Sheeran music. So I've been trying to play music sometimes to help, but it really, I, yesterday I was able to kind of like actually belly breathe and breathe through the gasps of um, the cold water. And you do feel invigorated afterwards. And I know Holly, I was kind of telling you about this earlier um, with all this stuff going on with my dad. I actually was, I had a phone call with the surgeon yesterday and I was so stressed out to answer the call. And I was able to kind of recall how I caught my breath in the shower with the cold water. And I was actually able to use that as a tool to calm myself down. So I would definitely, yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. The only negative is I can't say I'm get excited to take a shower every day. <laughs> I was just thinking that like the shower is one of my favorite parts during the day and to think like, okay, it's going to be really cold. Yeah. yeah. So you don't I'm definitely do hot like, water at all during your shower. No, not she, she doesn't. I just kind of, I actually had to listen to her podcast twice. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to do this, but I need to listen to it again to make sure. And then I, once I tried it, I wanted to listen to it again. Cause I like when I have information, it helps fuel me to do something like, okay, this is what she says to do. Um, she recommends have taking like a cool shower or as cool as you can before you go to the all the way cold. Obviously, it's just less of a shock on your system. So it's really not mm. shocking your system. It's well, I guess it is. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. So I haven't been looking like I'm like, oh, I gotta take a shower. And then I get in the shower and my brain, you know, your mind just plays these tricks on you. Like uh, yesterday, I was just, you know, really worried about my dad. And I was just like, oh, I know, yeah. not today. Yeah. You know, I, get oh, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to do that stupid shower thing today. And it's like, nope, I'm doing it. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I would totally recommend doing it. And I would, yeah. So I that want is, to, yeah, I want to try it. I think, yeah, I would. Right. I mean, it, it sounds awful, but I like you, I'd seen on goop um, on the Netflix has a goop, like a few different episodes. And I think his name's Wim Hof. Um, but he talks about this whole, like immerse yourself in cold water And I remember that there was somebody on that episode, uh, a woman that had said, you know, she was really struggling with anxiety and he brought them through this whole uh, immersion experience where they went into this, you know, open water um, and submerged themselves in that cold water. And she had said that ever since that happened, um, she hadn't experienced a panic attack and it had been, I think, a few months um, so I think there's something to it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But yeah. I have to listen to her podcast and work up the courage, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I, my check-ins pretty quick. I was just going to say that yesterday I went to Trader Joe's and you know, where I live is kind of like equidistant from two Trader Joe's. So I'm maybe like 20, 25 minutes either way. Um, which doesn't seem like that far, but in this day and age where, you know, you've got like, I was thinking we have like seven grocery stores within, you know, two miles of my house or something ridiculous. Um, uh, it's like 20 to 25 minutes seems like a little bit more, but I forgot how much I love Trader Joe's. I like Trader Joe's too. Um, Yeah. There's something charming about Trader Joe's. Yeah. It's not so overwhelming. True. Yeah. And they've got awesome stuff. And the people there, like the people that work there are always so friendly. Um, So anyway, the three things that I got, 
um, that I really love there. So I'm gluten-free and I have been for years. Um, so they have tons of stuff that's right up my alley and not super expensive, which is great. Um, but I got the vanilla mochi. Mm. So we talked about that a little bit. So mochi is like a Japanese ice cream, I guess. Um, and it's got this, like, it's interesting. You bite into it. So it's kind of ice cream in the middle. Um, but then on the outside is kind of like a sweet, almost like it's smooth, but it tastes to me a little bit like rice pudding. And at first I was like, Oh, it's like rubbery, but it's strangely addictive. Oh, that's <laughs> interesting. I've had, I had it years ago and I have not had it since I didn't like it, but yeah. So I didn't like it first bite either, but okay. good thing, lucky for me, there are six in the packet. So, um, <laughs> I'm clearly liking it cause I think they're over half gone. Okay. Um, we got everything but the elote spice. So I know I've heard of everything but the bagel oh, or something like that spice. We've had that one for a long time. But yeah. This one's called everything but the lotes. Oh, the lotes. What is that? Um, I, It's like a red spice. It's a little spicy. I'm not sure oh. exactly what, do you what mean, it lote? is. How do you spell lote? Elote. Oh, so it's E-L-O-T-E. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, what's <laughs> like a latte? I was thinking like it's a coffee spice. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah. So my oldest Brenna loves to cook and she, as part of, she made a big dinner uh, with like half of a pineapple. And part of it was like these zucchini sticks with this, everything but the elote spice she put on it and put on the grill. So it was amazing. So I say definitely. Um, And then this is a return visit, but I forgot how much I love their gluten-free pancakes there. They are amazing. Mm. Okay. So if you are gluten-free or even not gluten-free, I mean, and, and what was crazy is we got all of these things and it was like $49. Yeah. I thought for sure, you know, it was one of those things I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention. You know, sometimes I go in and I kind of add up as I'm going on. Um, but I, I was like over it, you know, just, all right, whatever we're going to get. Um, and at the end I was pleasantly surprised yeah. $49 later with all the stuff we got. Yeah. So. I like Trader Joe's. I love that. It's just yeah. less overwhelming. I like that. It's small and simple. And yeah. yeah, it just, it's a nicer shopping experience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for this week, um, what we are talking about is as teachers and parents, we are often chronic helpers and helping almost becomes part of our identity. And it seems like in a way, kind of our responsibility to swoop in and rescue people, especially our kids, whether I think they're our students or our own kids, um, when they're struggling with something. So just thinking, do you think that you tend to enable people or empower people? And enabling is kind of doing something for another person and empowering is teaching someone to do it for themselves. And enabling has a negative connotation. It's usually allowing someone to continue a negative behavior, or maybe it's just not giving them enough space to do their own thing and work something out for themselves. Yeah. And learn it, learn it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's kind of, I think about it as creating like independence versus dependence Mm -hmm. and thinking about like, all right, when should we jump in and when should we step back? And sometimes that's a little bit of a fine line. Um, But, you know, keeping in mind that ultimately when we empower people, we set the stage for them to build their own confidence. Right. So in terms of allowing someone to struggle, um, our next topic is productive versus destructive struggle. And here is the story of the butterfly. The butterfly story is when a butterfly struggles to emerge from its chrysalis, it might be tempting to try and help by cracking open the structure. 
What that person might not know if they're trying to help is this is a natural process that creatures go through during uh, where they push up against the shell of the chrysalis, which moves the fluid from the swollen body into the wings, which helps the wings spread open. If a person tries to help by crack, cracking open the chrysalis, it'll halt this process and the butterfly won't have the ability to open its own wings. So it will limp around and eventually die. The butterfly's struggle is a productive struggle. If someone swoops in and tries to make the process easier, the butterfly does not get to reach its full potential. Essentially, the person is disempowering the butterfly. So the real question is, what's the difference between a productive struggle and a destructive struggle? So let's start with the destructive struggle. You know, monitor, I'm going to say a few phrases and just take a minute to monitor how you feel as these responses of someone in destructive struggle are read. I give up. I suck at math. I can't do this. I never get the answer. Or if you're met with a vacant stare and complete silence. When someone is in destructive struggle, they are in red. They've given up. Their thought patterns don't allow them to move forward until they have some resource or tool to support them. So how can you support them but not enable them or build learned helplessness? The goal is to expand the tolerance for the frustration. Teach them how to reset by taking a deep breath, pausing, and giving themselves compassion before trying again. They might not have the tools they need. It's okay to give them tools but not to solve the problem for them. <laughs> so here are some phrases that you might hear when someone is in a productive struggle. So you as the listener, that's right, monitor how you feel as I read these responses. I haven't gotten it yet. I know this. I almost have it. Be quiet. Move out of the way. Wait, what was it that we learned last year? Yes. I think I can figure this out. Give me a minute. Yeah, just even as you're reading it, like that, that like clip in your voice is so much more. Um, yeah, like I can feel it in my gut. Like it feels different when I was saying the destructive ones as far as the, as opposed to the productive ones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think some great responses here. So, you know, as when you have somebody who's in productive struggle, awesome. They're kind of on their way. Mm -hmm. So either saying nothing or giving them just short little authentic praise or encouragement, like, yep, you're on the right track or giving a specific, like the way you wrote that sentence is really clear, you know, keep going, mm -hmm. you're on the right track. Yeah. So giving resources, not answers, like pointing people in a direction, but not giving them the answer or doing it for them, such as like, maybe take a look at the sample problem, which part might help you, or maybe try rereading the beginning of the article, just kind of directing them towards a resource. Yeah. Uh, you know, as far as the latter goes, it's interesting because I think somebody could be in a productive struggle and I think they could be in green, like in that curious phase, mm -hmm. but I also think they might be in yellow, especially like really trying to fight through it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's interesting that somebody could be in yellow fighting through it and recognizing that, but not jumping into calm them down or save it, just giving them, them that encouragement might be a way to go. Right. So if someone is in the green, they're feeling good. Um, they're in that curious mindset. They're looking at the problem in front of them as a challenge. That's great. Then you just give them space to just to thrive. If they're in the yellow, they're frustrated or having anxiety. 
you could have them use some of the reset the body tools like breathing or inner voice or flipping their limited beliefs. You could give them skill set tools, take a break, come back to it, give them some hints, teach them to ask for hints. Yeah. I think this is where the ladder knowledge is really important. Like being able to really decode where someone is Mm -hmm. gives you really great information on saying like, okay, this is the state their nervous system is in, and this is where they're on their ladder. So now I know the kind of support I need to give them that's going to empower them. Right. And, you know, so we kind of talked about this, Holly. So how, you know, not in just in terms of how are you like, if, you know, as an educator, as a teacher, or even as a parent enabling or helping others or empowering them. But what about if we flip it? Are you allowing people to enable you? And are you allowing space for yourself to empower yourself? And kind of as we were talking through this episode, I'm like, yeah, this kind of rings true, I think, um, for myself in a lot of ways. I mean, number one, first of all, my dad, who is the one that was, you know, paid all of the bills. This is such a common scenario. You know, here's my mom trying to, (laughs) um, you know, figure things out. And when you have a, a spouse or a partner that has done one task and suddenly they're not able to do that, well, that's such a common scenario. But um, I kind of look at myself um, that I think, and I had a friend says to me recently, like, you like people to take care of you. <laughs> My friend Libby said that. And I'm like, you know, I kind of do. Like, I kind of allow people to take care of me. That's been kind of my, I mean, I think, you know, we've talked in earlier episodes about how we all have these, you know, your brain pathways and sort of you, you have these same behaviors. And I have always kind of allowed people on some level uh, to take care of me because I like that. Um, And I think part of this episode is like taking a little bit of a pause to look at yourself and ask yourself, where are you allowing people to take care of you, do things for you? Is that moving into enabling you? Do you need to step up and empower yourself to maybe learn a new skill or be brave to do something? Um, so I think it goes both ways um, yeah. in terms of just not how am I treating, you know, really everything to me is just taking a pause and thinking about what we're saying and doing rather than just those automatic behaviors um, that we tend to just fall back on. And uh, so the enabling is I do allow people to do things for me. And I will say during this COVID uh, time, I took on some projects, you know, I redid my dining room table. I learned how to refinish furniture. We started this podcast. I was kind of like, but the podcast is totally my thing. The furniture, not so much, but um, I'm definitely trying to have some self-awareness in terms of where am I allowing people to enable me? And also how I do really like to help and take care of people. Um, And I know I had just like my 22 year old's home and we were talking about, oh, he's got it, you know, no longer can he go to the pediatrician. And I was like, okay, I'll make you a doctor's appointment. And my husband said, mm-hmm. Jeff was like, I think he can do that himself. You know, it's like, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so kind of reflecting on like, where's helping and supporting someone versus enabling and just reflecting on that in your life. Like who, how does that work with your relationships and sort of analyzing that, like who supports me, who empowers me and what am I allowing and how am I, what am I doing for others? So Yeah. And a few things that you said, like, just, you know, as you were talking about your mom, since my dad also recently passed away, you know, I've, I've seen this with my mom too. And, 
you know, I, it was more of a gradual release because my dad's decline was more gradual. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I'm noticing with her though, is like, I'm really proud of her because she usually says to us, like, you know, I can do this myself if I need your help, I'll ask, (laughs) but it's like such like a nice boundary for her to set, but I'm proud of her because I think little by little, she's learned how to do more and more things. And as she's done that, you know, confidence, I think begets confidence. And I'm just seeing her kind of like, um, I don't know, grow into this, like really, um, centered, grounded, confident person. And she's always been, you know, many of those things, but, um, I think doing those individual things has really moved her along. Right. And wouldn't it, and, and then, like, but it's interesting, like, she, so her spouse has passed away and like, there's certain things in life, big things and little things that push you to have to do things out of your comfort zone. You right, know, right. right. It's pushing yourself when there's, it's not, right. Like, but it's right almost before. like before that happens, really taking a look yeah. at your life and how you function and thinking about how much do you rely on people um, and yeah. how much do people rely on you? And is that healthy? Right. Right. And, and that's the fine line, like what's healthy and what's, you know, because I think some, some human connection and every once in a while doing something for someone is not, or helping someone get the skills they need to do it themselves. Like that's what humanity's kind of all about, you know? Um, so I was thinking that I actually think, um, I do, I have a pretty good balance at school with empowering versus enabling. I mean, it's not that I never flip into it, but I think at home, um, I, you know, we both have really capable husbands and, um, my husband, Rick just sprained his ankle this last weekend and it's a bad sprain and Rick really never gets hurt. He's, you know, and he, we have a grand party coming up and he's usually the party planner and, you know, I kind of fill in the blanks a little bit, but you know, he organizes everything. Yeah. So, when I heard he sprained his know. ankle, that was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, Oh <laughs> no, poor Holly. Rick is the party Here guy. She's going to have to step in. <laughs> but you know, this is what happens. Oh. Like I, you know, I, we were talking about this, like, you know, I've got these two really capable girls and the three of us, like we can do this, yeah. you know? And, <laughs> um, of course, I've had a bunch of people step in and say like, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll help yes. or whatever, but, but we're doing great. And I think that's that piece of like, there was that moment of like, oh no, <laughs> um, but yeah, we got it under control. Right. You know I mean? It, it's, it's really fine. I think that's the case. Most of the time is just giving yourself that push to do it. Right. Yeah. Just saying like, I got this, I can do it. And that's that reset. You have to reset a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thinking about that now that's when you're enabled but how do you enable others do you think you do that julie i think i do it a little bit to my kids although my kids are pretty independent but when i like was going to make the doctor's appointment for ryan who's 22 and then i was it's like okay he can do that yeah i have to think about i like taking care of people i like making things a little bit easier um for people um yeah but i'm 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 i don't think that's that's not yeah yeah that's not all bad i don't think you know but i think when it becomes more chronic, you know, like I noticed this with, um, teachers at school. Like I always think, oh my gosh, like they're overwhelmed and like, what can I do to, you know, save them time or just make this easier? Be kind of like, just be the information relayer. But, um, our coaching team has really kind of had a push lately to 
really empower teachers, like give them the source and let them have that so that they always have the go-to, you know, from then on. And um, it was really hard for me to do at first because I kept thinking it's just one extra step for them, you know, um, when their plates are already really full. But I have to say, like, you know, I, I am a believer in that right now because I, you know, they are, I've got these super confident, capable teachers at school. They just needed the tool to, you know, kind of push themselves forward. So there's a fine line of relying on each other, you know, connecting with each other and overhelping. So enabling is when you're fixing other people's problems here, let me do it for you. Or you're making decisions for people saying things like, I know what's right, or I know the best way or the fastest way, or trying to save a person from making mistakes. I've done this before. You should listen to me versus empowering others saying, you know, teaching people skills to solve their own problems. What are your ideas for solving this problem or allowing the person to make their own choices? Trust yourself. What feels right? What makes the most sense to you and allowing the person to make their own mistakes? Try it. It's okay to make a mistake. And this also goes for yourself, allowing yourself to teach yourself skills and to learn and to trust yourself and trust what feels right and what makes the most sense to you and allowing yourself to make mistakes and having self-compassion. Yeah. And I think sometimes this is just about having like the language at your fingertips or your tongue, mm-hmm. you know, right on your tongue, yeah. having these things is, you know, reminds me of last episode where we were talking about Brooke Castillo's tool. Like you get to think any thought that you want. So why not pick thoughts that work for you? Right. So when you're empowering yourself, you know, if this is an area you're thinking like, yeah, you know, I could probably use some work, maybe having these as your starting thought could help. Mm-hmm. I can do this. You know, even if it's something simple like that, or I like a challenge Mm -hmm. or I haven't gotten the answer yet, but I will, or I won't give up. And empowering others might sound like, what do you think? How would you solve that problem? Trust yourself. What is your body telling you? Let me show you how to use this tool so you can do it next time by yourself. Give it a try. It's okay to make mistakes. You're the kind of person who can do hard things. We may not agree, but that's okay. I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. And those last couple of things, Holly, we talked about also, you know, allowing people, (laughs) empowering them with allowing them to have a voice. And we talked about the culture that we're living in right now is it's so important to empower yourself and others by allowing everyone to have a voice, even if you don't agree and not enabling people by telling them what to think. Yeah. And I do think that's true because when you enable somebody, it's not their thought, right? Yeah. You know, if they're doing something because they they feel like they have to or, you know, I mean, you know, that's always in your control. But I think really taking the time to give somebody space. I love those last two. Like we may not agree, but that's OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really empowering fun. somebody. You know, I'm interested, yeah. even though, you know, that we disagree, I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. Yeah. And I think that that's a lot better play than, you know, you don't agree with me, so I'm not going to be friends right. with you anymore. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm going to defriend you on Facebook or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. You know? Or I love that part. Like, I'm really interested in hearing what you have to mm-hmm. say. You know, I right. think that that if somebody says that to me, I'm definitely empowered to say my my speak from my heart as opposed to be more guarded. All right. So this week is about trying to use empowering language. And I think it's just kind of identifying that one relationship, whether it's a time that you are more enabled by somebody else or you enable someone and try out some of these sentence, you know, sentences we have, or some of your own, make it your own 
that really are going to move you, you more to a, a power position or um, elevate somebody else to a power position. Right. Um, and as always, you can find our tools on our social media platforms and all tools are most powerful when personalized. So make it your own. This week is all about empowering yourself and others to change your thinking patterns and create thoughts that serve you. Let us know how these tools work for you. You can contact us via email at riseforeducators at gmail. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at riseforeducators, and we really look forward to hearing you from you. So thanks so much for tuning in and join us next Monday for our next episode of Rise for Educators. All right. Bye, bye Julie. Now.